0: What's up, guys? Before we get going today, just want to remind you, podcast brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website. They're the inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval and an advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Along with years and wisdom of experience, monthly packages, weekly packages, you need to go check these guys out. They just got done with that awesome NASCAR promo. They will be doing new promos in the future uh they're giving out free plays on twitter at skybox picks all one word got daily passes weekly passes i'd recommend going the full year for all sports you can do sports centric you can try a weekly pass for golf if you're into that you can do a season of golf all kinds of different stuff they will have a package to fit your price range i know you guys are using it rob i've talked to them they have the traffic use the promo code rippy y'all are just Peeing away, pissing away free money, however you want to put it, by not using the promo code. So when you go make a purchase at Skybox, all you have to do is type in Rippy in the promo code, and you're going to get 20% off any purchase. So check them out, skyboxsportspicks.com. Podcast also brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Y'all know Greg. You hope you enjoyed the Grill Corner on Friday. Go check him out. Fed all the baseball teams in Oxford this weekend. The man feeds the thousands. Go check him out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. If you're a subscriber to the Rippy Rights newsletter, you get a 16-ounce prime strip for $10, any second, third, fourth one you buy after that for $15, and $5 off any frozen sausage. Pretty sweet deal. Greg hooks it up. He's a staple of the Oxford community. Check him out, LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. I'm not going to beat around the bush. Colin and I just did a quick emergency podcast afterward. The shelf life is, I guess, even shorter just because I, during the recording game, Ole Miss' decisive game seven, winner-take-all game against Southern Miss was moved up from 6 p.m. to noon. So the shelf life is even shorter. But whatever, we recorded it. We're putting it out. We got into the stakes of tomorrow, uh, what happened in Ole Miss' 10-7 loss to the Golden Eagles tonight, and kind of the legacies and how the future will be affected by nine innings of baseball tomorrow. There's no need for any further ado. Let's roll.
1: Rippy Writes with Brian Scott Rippey. Transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have.
0: What's up? Happy Sunday night. I am Brian Scott Rippy. Monday morning, probably for many of you, on the other end of the line, as he always is, is Colin Brister. Appreciate you joining us for another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast. This is an emergency edition of the podcast. The last out has been recorded uh, in the old Miss Southern Miss game, what 90 seconds before we hopped onto this Zoom. Uh so we'll get into that, a lot of different stuff, what's happened in the region so far and kind of set the stage for tomorrow will be my briefer podcast, I imagine, than our normal Sunday night extravaganza. And then uh we'll of course be back at it tomorrow pending uh result pending as well. So what's up my friend?
1: Not much, not much. Just uh just got back from a Swayze. That was uh that was not a fun experience. Not not a fun experience at all. Uh, thank God they beat Florida State.
0: Yeah, uh, no kidding, man. That was that was quite something. Well, let's just get right into the game, and then we can kind of backtrack this bad boy sure. uh, throughout the rest of the region as well. Ole Miss loses ten to seven to Southern Miss uh, in a game that was not decided in the first inning, but this game was largely shaped by the first inning. Ole Miss puts a four spot on the board against a Southern Miss uh, uh, starter who looked his name's escaping me. He was in so for such a short amount of time. We hunt, is that how you say the kid's name? That was
1: his last that was his last time it was spelled We Hunt. Uh yeah, Blake We Hunt.
0: Well he got the rare uh the you know Southern needed some length after already playing one game. He got an out. And he gave them an out. And after that, things did not go well for the Mighty Rebels. And when I say got them an out, he kind of gave Ole Miss uh everything else. I believe it was two walks, two hit by pitches. I do not believe We Hunt allowed a hit. Old Miss He's did not. hit uh the best kid three times uh, on their way. And I think twice in that inning maybe. Maybe it was just once on the way. They only had
1: one hit in the inning. It was Dunhurst double.
0: That's right. So, it was just the one hit that inning on the way to scoring four. And then, you know, at that point, you're probably kind of thinking, okay, Ole Miss is about to roll over a team that kind of has a depleted pitching staff and doesn't have a ton of depth. And, boy, was that the exact opposite of the case. Southern puts a seven spot uh, on in the first inning. Drew McDaniel uh, saw this uh, that – saw Wehunt only get one out and countered by getting two outs. He allowed seven earned runs on six hits with a walk and a strikeout. He faced nine batters and seven of them reached base, as bad as he's been all year. And after that, Ole Miss was really never able to recover. They were held largely in check over the last five innings. Actually, it was exactly five innings by the, uh, the Hall kid who allowed uh, one hit over five innings with five strikeouts and uh, just an odd game. I'll just open the floor to you before we dive much further into it.
1: All right, yeah. Um, so, just, you know, two general observations. I I thought, obviously, that, that McDaniel had a rough night. Obviously, he threw the way, got behind in counts, um, and, and, and got hit. And then I think the second story of the night is, what's the kid that came in and finished it for Southern?
0: His name is – I forget his first name. Is it Bryce Hall? I'm about to double check and look at it. Tanner Hall, I think, Tanner was his Hall. name.
1: Okay. Um, He was a matchup issue. It, it, think back to A.J. Labus uh, from, Southern, from LSU. It looked like he threw a. Uh, running two seam fastball with some good sink, and Ole Miss has real problems against sinker ball pitchers. And that's not really it. there's nothing really you can do about it. Majestically, it's just their offensive approach. They're not a big launch angle team. They 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 kind of have some issues with sinker ballers. Uh, credit to Southern Miss for exploiting that. I don't think Southern necessarily knew that. Otherwise, I figure they would have started that kid. Um, but you know, credit to that kid. He, look, when when you're Southern Miss, you uh you got to have guys that uh. You know, you're coming to the loser, break. You gotta have guys show up. You gotta have somebody that uh, hasn't had a good year have a good day. And uh, credit to that kid, he he came in and stifled Old Miss's bats. Because I'll be honest with you, when that thing got to 9-7 after Kevin Graham ground out. I thought Old Miss was gonna win that baseball game. And uh, credit to that kid, he, he pounded the strike zone. Um, he exploited a, a problem that Ole miss not necessarily a problem, it's just it's not a great matchup for their offensive philosophy. And, and credit to that kid for shutting it down. Um, and obviously McDaniel has the tough night, but if you know, and it's hard to be positive, right? Because hey, you look, your season's on the line tomorrow night. Um, but in saying that, you know, we're, we're talking about a team that after McDaniel comes out, only scored four runs. Um, I think there's real opportunity for Ole Miss to have a good day on the mound tomorrow, but uh. Obviously, it's it's going to be a uh, it's going to be an environment that that probably wasn't like tonight. It's going to be some nervous energy, and and almost going to have to show up, and then they need to get off to a good start.
0: Yes, they do. I think you're absolutely dead on with that. Tanner Hall, for just a little bit of context, had 17 appearances on the year. He'd only made one start. That was by far his longest appearance. If I have his game log correct, because I was looking at this earlier, his start I believe came in their first series of the season against South Alabama. And he went three and a third in that game. Uh, he had not had a relief outing over two innings this season until tonight. And tonight he gave them five innings of one hit. Baseball, as you mentioned, the matchup issue, I don't necessarily – I mean, does there really – like, does a true sinker still exist in, in kind of modern – It wasn't a sinker. It was, it it was, was a two, two basketball It was a sinker with a shit ton of run, it seemed like. Yeah. And away and from left-handed hitters and gave Ole Miss a ton of problems. It did. And from what I'm told, I, I wouldn't ask
1: uh someone that has access to track man he has a uh, 14 inch horizontal break which not i mean it's fine but it, it looked like it looked a lot better than that tonight um so and that happens it happens and and it looked like he was sinking it pretty well Looked like he took some off of it too and, and was able to stink it well look almost had a problem with him it was a it was a matchup issue um i'm sure so I, i'm sure this is going to get started and, and, and it's probably a narrative to, and, and like you said, narrative doesn't always mean falsehood. I did not think Ole Miss was tight tonight. I, I really didn't. Uh, I thought Tanner Hall was a matchup nightmare and they, he was able to shut Ole Miss down. And I thought Drew McDaniel had a bad day. Now we can get into what tomorrow looks like, but I don't think that played any factor into what happened on, in this game.
0: I don't. I agree with you. I actually thought, and we can get into this later because I saw you disagree to some sort. If you want to talk about a team or stadium or whatever that was tight, uh, I actually thought last night uh, they, for whatever reason, seemed I, tighter. We can I,
1: go ahead. I complete, look. Maybe it's just I sit in section J and it's rowdy, but uh, I completely disagree. It was section J man, was ready to roll just, last let's night.
0: Let's let's talk about let the throw the stadium aspect of it out. What about the team? Might definitely manage tight. I will not hear otherwise for last night. Last night. Um, in, in what way? I'll ask that. I thought – sorry, I thought I had to step away for just a half second. I thought once it got to three to two, the whole pinch uh-huh. hitting Simmons, and then I forget the sequence after that on top of my head. Another no, he, he
1: pinch hit Van Cleve and then hit Leatherwood.
0: That's right. So, I just I, – I thought he was playing for one run. Um, I, I thought he immediately got well, kind of, uh, I can counter that. Okay. When he had his eight, nine hole
1: reach and he didn't bunt shot, yay. He, he's not playing for one run there. That's fair.
0: That's completely fair. I don't know. I just thought some of the way he kind of handled things, and I just thought it was a little bit tight, particularly when they got in that sixth and seventh inning and it seemed like they could not catch a break. Maybe uh, maybe I'm incorrect there. Uh, I don't know about the stadium. I wasn't there. Of course, I was uh, actually at the library uh, blowing off <laughs> parts of a, a wedding reception that I was in town for because I was not missing that baseball game. I don't know. I just – if you're going to make the tight argument, I think whatever it you, is – I'm not even saying I guess I full-on agree because, again, I wasn't there. But I do uh, – if you're going to make that argument, what not you have a better case with that being the Florida State uh, Florida State game than the, uh, than the uh, Southern Miss game, the one we just watched, I guess is what I was trying to get at.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I sense no tightness in that stadium tonight in that dugout. They almost got beat. They got beat by a good team. This is a team that was a uh, top 20 team and was selected to host and was probably the, or just not selected to host. Out of the 20 teams, they were probably number 17. This is a very good Southern Miss team and they deserve some credit. Um, I, I just think they got beat. And uh, you know what ran through my mind as I watched them like just nuke Ole Miss in the first inning was thank God Ole Miss didn't play them during the midweek.
0: Yeah, no ooh. kidding. Because what's the odds of that game at Trustmark Park going well?
1: Ooh, ooh, Oren. It was supposed to be in Hattiesburg this year, too. Good night.
0: Yeah, so let's go brew it. We really get back into this game this week because we kind of kind of got off, away from that, talking about the tight aspect of it. there's some time to get into that as well. Uh, you mentioned I don't have a, a coach's level understanding of track man data, but there is some overlap in track man, particularly with golf. And baseball, I kind of generally know what I'm looking at. The the data you gave me on that kid's thing, you said it looked like it had more life to it or whatever, more bend on it tonight. Uh, it absolutely did. I'm no genius, but I did watch this game on television. There is no way that raw data would have played the same tonight. That would have had to be an upgrade. I don't know what it was. I don't know if the kid was just feeling it really good. But that thing absolutely had a hell of a lot more movement than what you listed a second ago.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was really good. And and like I said, it's a matchup issue for Ole Miss. I mean, if you look back at AJ Labis, he throws a complete game, and that kid's not even in LSU's rotation anymore. Um, it's it's just a matchup issue, and and Southern was able to get a hold of it. Um, hopefully, if you're Ole Miss, they don't have any more guys that can do that. So, um, look now, and I do think this is important. Everyone's going to do the. Oh, they're going to bring back uh, Hunter Stanley on from Friday night. Okay, am I? I don't I don't think he's going to be real effective on two days rest. This is still a depleted Southern bullpen now. Like, uh, uh, what's the kid that was that we talked about on Saturday against Simo Walker Powell? Yeah, uh, he, he's not throwing tomorrow, I wouldn't think. Maybe he gives him an inning, um, but yeah, I, I, this is still a depleted Southern bullpen that got even more depleted tonight. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think Ole Miss is probably going to win tomorrow. If I'm honest. But I completely understand why everyone that is listening to this is nervous and and is going to be a little uptight before the game. I get it. I just kind of think Ole Miss – and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you'll disagree. I think – I think there is some level of you can just out talent them. Um, And everyone's going to talk about the Tennessee Tech third game and all that, and I get it. Um, Let's not forget Moths came in that game. That was a Friday night starter. Got out of a big situation. And, and I get, you know, what's funny about that Tennessee Tech thing, it really talks about the right fielder that comes in, and I get it. Like, we, we talk about it in the same vein of, like, hey, he's this right fielder that threw 81 to 82 miles an hour. Like, dude was pumping 93 now. Um, I don't think that guy exists for Southern. Maybe I'm wrong. They actually do have a shortstop that pitched uh, for the first time in their CUSA tournament. Um, maybe he comes in and is, is the new right fielder from Tennessee Tech. But I, I just – I think there is an opportunity on Monday night for Ole Miss to just out talent Southern Miss on the mound.
0: I agree with that. But pumping I kind of reeling it back for a second to this game, because I found the, the big part of this interesting. I didn't think Drew McDaniel here's a hot take. Drew McDaniel wasn't good. Um, from a location and command-wise, I did not think that was his worst outing this year anywhere close to it. He made a few mistakes, but Southern was actually really, really good and really, really locked in at the plate early on. And any lot of – it seemed like minor mistake he made from a location standpoint, uh, Southern punished him. And, yes, again, wasn't good. But just in terms of just being completely out of control and not having it, I, uh, I did not think that was in the top two of, of, of bad outings uh, in terms of that. But, obviously, the results were terrible. What did you see from him, and what did you think of uh, Southern's approach to play against him? Um,
1: I don't know. I, no, I mean, he threw the ball to the plate. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm I'm there. I'm not able to see a location and whatnot. Um, they hit it really, really hard. So uh, I don't know. I I'll have to go back and watch. Uh, I probably won't go back and watch. If I'm being honest, um, I try to forget that game happened. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it wasn't like you know the situation where you know you walk everybody like the kid that happened to Southern. Um, it just they were hitting it and and look now that they, they can hit. Um, I'll be. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was his worst, but obviously he wasn't good. You know, it's funny. I was rooting for Southern Miss because I knew their bullpen was depleted, and I thought Florida State had more arms. USM has some dudes now that have really bad numbers and are really have really good stuff. Like, I, I, I can't make sense in my head how they brought in two dudes that threw 95 and, and struggled in CUSA. Like, that, that does not make a ton of sense to me.
0: It's probably – and I could be wrong about this, but there's probably a certain taxing element of having to play four-game weekend series as well. I know it's two seven-inning games, but that's – I mean, you keep adding it up. That's more innings than you're used to on a weekend, right? Instead of 27 innings, that's what? 18 plus 14, that's 32 innings a weekend. That's five extra innings a weekend, and you do that ten times. That's 50 extra innings you have to cover.
1: Sure. Um but the thing is, like, they didn't pitch a ton of dudes now. Um, now, I will say this. So, this is this is where it gets a little bit hairy for Ole Miss. Um, and I, and I want to look this up hey, but, because I don't want to say it wrong. So, you mentioned the four-game weekends, and, then, and that's a really good point because now I'm thinking uh, they threw. Southern Miss did not throw their game four starter tonight. Their game four starter threw 40 pitches on Friday night. And I would be shocked if he does not get the ball tomorrow night. His name is Ben Etheridge, uh, 2.97 ERA in CUSA play 0.97 whip. Um, just looking over this 39.1 innings, 42 strikeouts. He looks like a pretty decent right hander. Um, now what's behind him, I would think very little chance. You see Ock tomorrow. Ock was really good against Florida state through 85 pitches or so. I, I don't think he's available, but, uh, yeah, you're you're right. You you had a lot of innings to cover, some some numbers maybe got run up, but man, they had some guys that uh that had some stuff and uh just hope for old Miss's sake tomorrow those those guys aren't available cuz man, they they had a lot of guys with 6 ERA's at ninety five.
0: And from a talking about Southern Miss offensively standpoint, I don't think I did a good enough job. I I guess I can't speak for anyone else. I i literally just talking about myself here. When kind of coming through Southern Miss's offensive numbers for the season, I didn't necessarily identify a trend that is now blatantly obvious. And Tom Hart alluded to a little bit of this on the podcast. Their first 19 games, I think they had a team batting average of like 208. Again, I don't think batting average is a end-all be-all stat in terms of complete usefulness, but I do think it's a pretty good indicator of how you are collectively as an offense over a long stretch. And they were like 208 or something through the first 19 games. And that's gone up all the way to 273. And they also hit 297 as a team in uh, conference play. So after a pretty slow start offensively, if you take their last, I guess that would be what, 40 games-ish, something around that, 35, 40 games. They've actually been a pretty damn good offensive club. It's just been masked by a slow, uh, what, what appears to be a pretty damn slow start to the season. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, they're, they're really good offensively. Um, really, one through nine. Um, their, their first five guys are, are elite. Um, Talking about Montenegro, he, he's a stud. Uh, Sergeant's a stud. Trembles a stud. Um, you know, uh, they, they've got dudes now. And, and Ole Miss is going to have to pitch it really well tomorrow. And I'm, I'm interested, speaking of that, let's just do this. We don't know. It is 10-20, 10-29. 20, and far as I know, I've looked on Twitter, there's not been a starter announced. Who do you think takes the ball for Ole Miss tomorrow night? I know who, I, who I'm going to go with, but I'm going to let you answer first.
0: I'm still here. I'm just thinking. Because I, I thought about this. I didn't – one, I didn't think about this. Or I will I, say this. I, I will I will rule
1: this out. I don't think it's Cody Atcock.
0: Is it – this sounds dumb. Is it Derek Diamond on short – That's left? who I was going to say. Yeah. I, I, that's that's my first instinct. I think I would go Derek Diamond and, and Hellman. man. I I guess you could try to get him through a second time through the order, but like if they go, they get if he goes through, the face his nine guys and it goes relatively well, and the tenth guy comes up and gets a hit, do you yank him. Then that's probably yes. the a strategy. Um, let's piece not, this not literally. Yes. You get what I'm getting at though. Not not quite quite literally. Obviously, game scenario of Ole Miss is up five nothing or something. You're a little more relaxed on him. My point sure. being is, you just see what you could get out of him, see how many pitches you can have him throw, sure. and then have a tight leash, particularly when you get beyond the first time through the order. So let's let's piece this together. Um, Broadway's
1: available tomorrow. Like like I would be very very shocked if he's not available tomorrow. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's June, and he's had a day's rest. Like, the fact that he, he threw back back, I don't so, think
1: matters. So, but let's piece it together. He's got two in it, right? Like, let's give him two. Let's not get crazy and give him three. Let's give him two. Is that fair? Yes. All right, Doherty threw 60 pitches on Saturday. On Friday. He's got two days off. He's got two probably, right? Two seems fair?
0: Yeah, and to be honest, in Doherty's case, I know he threw more pitches, and, but he like you mentioned, it's two days versus one. If you give him two and he's really rolling – are they really going to cap him? No,
1: but I, I'm just—I'm being conservative. No, I know, I know, give, I know,
0: I know what you're getting at as well. But yeah, so I agree. For the sake of all your right, argument, let's give you him go. two.
1: So I need five innings, right? Um, where where am I getting five innings? Because da- Diamond's going to be a babe. I, I I let's let's give Diamond three. Is that fair? Yes. Okay. Ask you this. I, I you tell me I'm wrong if you think I'm wrong. Just, I'm, I'm putting this in the universe. You really think 26 going to sit over there and yep. watch the team get beat? <laughs> like, I'm putting it out there. I'm just, he might do it, or I'm not saying he might, you know, not throw if he, he can. I'm saying he might not, it may be sore as crap, not give you an inning. I got a hard time believing that if 26 can give you an inning, he's not going to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, but let's go ahead and be, let's, let's sidebar of the sidebar, What percentage chance do you see him at some point tomorrow? The starting is clearly, that's out. No. At what point of the situation warns it, at what point? What percentage would you give it that Ole Miss has a one-run lead and needs four outs?
1: No, I don't think they'll let him close. Um, So, it's hard for me to put a percentage because if Ole Miss is up nine to two in the fifth, like, you know, um, he's not coming in fine if the game's close if they if, if, if he, Ole Miss is up four, if Ole Miss is up four to two in the fifth I would say 65 percent I
0: was gonna go 40 but I, I don't I, I guess both of those answers kind of point to the fact that I agree I just don't know if he'll want to watch yeah he clearly won't want to
1: no he won't want to
0: yeah of course he will not want to I just don't know if he will be able to watch <laughs> his team going down the shit I mean Mike may not let him but what if, I mean would you put it past him, just run out there, knock out whoever's on the mound? I'd hate it at the fact that he'd have to uh, KO a teammate and then just take over. But he put himself?
1: I saw uh, – uh, so, like, everybody, that, if you're following on Twitter, knows I'm a Clayton Kershaw stan. I saw him in the uh, DS one time just to put it, like, on one day's rest. Just go put his cleats on say, you know what, I'm going to save the game. Don't worry about it. Uh, that feels like totally something Doug McKay's would do, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, <laughs> Mike can tell him he's unavailable, and Doug can say, well, you know, I think I can go, and I'm going to go. So, uh, But, look, like, I, so let's do this. Um, I'm not going to give him an inning because I think there's a realistic possibility he wakes up really sore. He threw 117 pitches the other night. Think that's possible, okay? Um, and I think, you know, look, if he can't go, he can't go. If he's sore, he can't go. But we we figured out four innings, Okay. Um, Brandon Johnson's probably getting an inning. I know he's through 40 pitches. He's probably getting an inning tomorrow. All right? So, I need four innings out of somebody that is not Brandon Johnson, Jack Doherty, and Taylor Broadway tomorrow. That's what I need. And I think if you can get that at a relatively efficient rate, I think Ole Miss is going to come out of there with a win. Um, I just think Ole Miss – maybe, look. And we can get to this narrative stuff of of Mike and post seasons and whatever. But I just, if you just look at this on paper, right? Like if you just said, on paper, who do you think is going to win? Who's got the most bullets to fire?
0: It's Ole Miss, right? Sure, but I think yeah. without a shadow of a doubt.
1: Yeah, and but then you get into the next thing that I'm sure we're about to talk about.
0: Sure. Uh, the dirty little secret, though, in terms of like bullets to fire, kind of being better equipped to I know tonight with the Hall kid, it was a matchup thing, but uh, this offense for about four or five games now not been very good.
1: No, um, but at the end of the day, they scored seven tonight. They did. Um, you know, so I don't know. Well, uh, it it wasn't good offensively. No, the the lineup's not deep right now. Um, one, you know, two through fours kind of carrying it. And then Justin bench um, is doing a little bit um, TJ McCants is struggling. Hey, Dunhurst had two hits tonight. Uh, but you know, it's, uh it's worrisome. We'll say that. Um, especially, you know, look, you, you talk about win tomorrow night. Yeah. You got to win tomorrow night. Obviously the season's over, but it's really worrisome. And that if you do win tomorrow night, you better go out to Arizona and sling it. And it doesn't, look like Arizona is going to advance. Um, you better go out to Arizona and swing it because them brothers, I took swing it.
0: Yeah, and really, if you want to kind of put a finger on the offensive struggles of what it has been, uh, I would point to you, now, Chatagnier has been better over the last, what, three-ish games? Probably, maybe you could go forward. I don't have his game sure. log up. Uh, it's, it's, it's Dunhurst, McCants, and Leatherwood, is it not?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dun, Dunhurst has been better, uh, but... It's well to me. It's McCants and Baker is is the issue right now, or are the issues right now? Um, you know, McCants has two hits on on Friday night, but it's it's been a struggle since then, and it's frankly not just been a struggle at the plate for him.
0: Tonight was his first multi-hit game since Auburn in the SCC tournament. He had been hitless in four of his previous seven games before that, and then his last multi-hit game, if you take out Auburn, is Sunday against Vanderbilt. <laughs> It's certainly been a struggle over the last month. If you just kind of go through uh, his game logs and his numbers,
1: yeah. And, and some of this is regression. Um, and what I mean by that is he always had a high BA BIP batting average on balls in play. It was like 500 or so in SEC play at one point because um, he he strikes out a lot. And you know, but he hits the ball really hard when he doesn't. Um, so some of that's natural regression, and, and some of it's he scuffling. Um, But, yeah, Ole Miss needs needs him to produce, obviously. Um, Baker is obviously struggling. Um, A little bit interesting that Baker starts tonight with a right-hander on the mound, right? Like, uh, you know, Calvin Harris started the last two games in Hoover. I thought he probably would get the start when I saw it was a right-hander for USM. Um, But, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see tomorrow what happens. I I think there's a real shot. Calvin Harris, if it's a right-handed pitcher, gets a start. Um, I think Hayden Leatherwood needs to start, regardless of the handedness of the pitcher uh, for Southern Miss. Um, but is there any
0: possibility we'll you play Publey in, in center
1: tomorrow night? No, I don't. I don't. I, I don't, don't. Think I
0: agree with that either. We, I just saw this question. I didn't even ask for questions. No. I sent a tweet that we were recording a podcast, and people just think <laughs> people just associate that. I guess no. with questions now. I don't, <laughs> you can't. I'm, I'm joking, I'll take them. But that was when I saw it pop across the screen just as you mentioned that. You can't, to me, maybe I'm
1: wrong. This may be the, the coach in me, and I'll, I'll admit that. I don't think tomorrow night's the night you just, you know what, I'm going to screw with the lineup again. I think you just roll the nine out there and you go.
0: I um, agree with that. you
1: want to do that in Arizona, that's fine. Um, tomorrow night ain't that night. So. Uh, just, just I think you just got to roll it out there and see what happens, um, and and pray to God you wind up with more runs, or, or this gets this gets really, really weird.
0: So bringing it back to this game for just a second, um, you know, Ole Miss is kind of held down right after that first inning. I mean, they do end up with the seven runs, but four of them came on one hit. I thought you know it, it'll get forgotten, and it's a shame that it, the result didn't end up better. Uh, man, Todd Myers, his last two major outings for Ole Miss have been, or I guess it's his last two. He had not pitched since Hoover, had he? No. So his last two outings have been really just—I don't let people say the word "legendary" too much. Really, 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 just dynamite stuff. I mean, in really, really important spots for Ole Miss, right? So, he kind of beats Jack Leiter to give Ole Miss at least a yeah. chance to be in the national seed conversation, and then he kind of struggled coming in and inheriting a couple runners. You know, the next inning, he, he kind of – things unravel pretty quickly. That fall, Baker maybe could have gotten preventing the double and getting the last out before the two-run shot. But overall, pretty solid handiwork out of him and really stabilizing a game to where – I mean, if that gets to like 10 11 four, you know, we're having a much different conversation about Ole Miss's chances to come back over the next innings. I thought he was great, and I'm just not sure it will get remembered in the proper context.
1: Yeah, um, but it it does get remembered in the proper context if they win tomorrow night, right? Because sure. then you have the discussion of. It's not shouldn't even be a discussion. He's your game three starter if you go to Arizona, right?
0: Yeah, I, I So we got to ask that question as well, even before I I told you we were recording this emergency podcast. I uh, hold that thought. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but I I will just spoil it in the short answer. I think my answer to that.
1: Hey hey, breaking news! Uh, n- noon tomorrow, twelve o'clock. For first pitch. Really? Yeah. I told you. They're going to play all day.
0: So, that's just trying to get the process started.
1: Yep. Yep. Noon tomorrow.
0: That will be a productive day at the cubicle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God, am I?
0: So, anyway, we will uh, – obviously, we will do a post-game reaction pod regardless of result, but we're just breaking news live on this emergency recording of the podcast. So, Ole Miss kind of gets out at bay – Uh, Really, after you know they get to the six, they get to the seven runs. That kid comes in and uh, is really just phenomenal for the last five innings of the game. Ole Miss scores seven runs in the first four innings and then has one hit against Hall. After that, and really just struggled uh, really with that. I mean, it was that sinker won them the game. The two seamer with the movement. I keep calling it a sinker because Kyle Peterson kept going back and forth where he decided it was a two seam fastball with a bunch of movement. They're really just kind of stifled the Rebels offensively. I, I, I don't even know where I'm kind of going with this point, but it calmed, not to put the whole thing on Drew McDaniel, but him not even kind of giving Ole Miss a chance and only recording two outs kind of puts you in a weird spot to where we just had to spend 10 minutes trying to figure out how Ole Miss gets to nine innings tomorrow to where if he gives them a chance – Myers probably isn't used. They could probably have gone to Brandon Johnson or someone else to fill those innings, and you know exactly who you're starting in Game Four, and probably pretty feel pretty damn good about it. So, it seemed like a bit of a double whammy to me—the fact that he was so he struggled so badly because you burned what you thought would be your Game Four starter if you needed it.
1: Um, I thought about that when Myers went to the pen. I saw him go down there, and I, my first thought was I wouldn't do that. Um. My second thought was, would you rather have Tyler Myers – because – so I'll say this. When Myers came in that game, Ole Miss was down six to four. He essentially, to me, at that point, was your game three start. Does that
0: make sense? Like, I don't think it's a bad move. I don't disagree with it. It sucks that it had to happen because – Sure. If he gets you four and you're getting mm. to the fifth and you need a new pitcher, you don't go to Tyler Myers. No, 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 no. Um, I'll ask
1: this and, and, you know, obviously what happened today, happened through 24 pitches. Is there any possibility he's available tomorrow? I don't know if I can trot him out again after what happened today though. I, I, it, it, if I'm trotting him out, the game's over. And that's not a shot at the kid. I just – I don't know how you have confidence to with him against that lineup tomorrow.
0: You're referring to McDaniel, by the way. Yes. 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 I don't see how you could do that. I mean, if, the, if it really came down to it – I mean, if it comes down to that or trying to get four outs from Doug, where are you going? Doug. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, maybe – but I, don't, I can't draw up the scenario where it's like, yeah, you could, and it's mainly just because of a confidence thing. I just – yeah, I, I don't know because he didn't he didn't give them like i say give them the runs he didn't walk four kids and then give up or three kids and then give up a blast and a double or something like he they he got absolutely shelled i mean i don't know what the average exit velo on on the balls hit they were but uh, they they hit the guy hard i just thought i'm not sure how you could do that again cuz if you're put yourself in the other dugout if that's kind of a tight game or something, and Ole Miss is out of pitching and Drew McDaniel comes back out after thirty four pitches, what are you doing if you're wearing black and gold in the other dugout? Hindsight's twenty twenty, of course, and Cody Adcock had not I think he pitched one SEC inning against Georgia before his start against Arkansas on Saturday of the SEC tournament and acquitted himself well. I know you're trying to win the game, you're not trying to punt, but I guess is it I guess my question is when McDaniel is struggling and you know it's looking like Southern – you know, Southern Miss scores seven runs at that point, and I know Myers got up before that. I'm not trying to play the second-guess Mike thing because I don't think he did anything egregious tonight. I'm just asking it to ask. Is it a punt move to have gone to Adcock instead of Myers behind McDaniel?
1: No. Um, that's what I would have done, and I'm not – like, I'm with you. I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad decision. I had – if we're talking about decisions – I had more issues bringing in Johnson and, and Kimbrell than I did those that decision. I I did not like going to Johnson. I did not like going to Kimbrell because you need those guys tomorrow. Frankly, if it's me, and, and maybe I'm crazy, I see all those lefties that Southern hits that's really good, and I'd have a real hard time not giving Kimbrell the ball tomorrow.
0: Yeah, and, you know, that's another good point, another good – I guess a good way segue into, you know, we just played the game, how do you get 27 <laughs> out tomorrow, right? We didn't include Cody Adcock in that.
1: No, we didn't.
0: And that's probably um. an oversight. I mean, if we're talking – if we're being honest, you said – well, you said I don't think Cody Adcock starts. He's got to factor well. tomorrow somehow, right? No, you did. Know, we, no. I, I, we agreed. I think, like, if you're putting a percentage on it, I mean, would you say it's almost a coin flip as to whether Mike goes diamond on short rest or Adcock? Yeah. Um, but he's got a factor in, is my point. Is he? All right. I mean, I, I can present a scenario
1: where he doesn't. Um, you know, we, we did the Johnson 1, Doherty 2, Broadway 2. You telling me they can't get four innings without Cody cock throwing? Yeah, they could. But yeah, – I just think Wes Burton. I think Jackson Kimbrell. I think maybe oh – God, God help me. Austin Miller. Um, I think you can provide four innings without, without him throwing, you know, uh, maybe he starts. I don't know. Um, I think it was said that, that they don't know who's going to start. Um, it was, so it sleep, was
0: just said we, they don't know. So just to preface so that. Sleep, I, I well, sleep well, everyone. I would think so. Maybe, maybe this is
1: me, right? And this is kind of what I did with Doug. I would think if it was Adcock, they would have announced that.
0: I think so too, unless you don't know. And then you decide on it later.
1: Maybe, maybe you're checking on Diamond tomorrow. And seeing how he feels and if it's good, it's dominant. If it's not, it's adcock. We'll see. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see tomorrow. Uh that's a hell of a way to sleep, knowing that your seasonal line, you don't know who's gonna start. I mean, I'm sure before Mike leaves the office tonight, they will have figured it out, but still.
0: I would probably think so too. Or at least have a they're not thing. gonna sleep. They're not sleeping tonight. Uh that might take a, quite a few glasses of vino. I do know Mike fancies that. So uh yeah, I y- God help him on that one. So, uh, we, that's probably enough on that game. Let's kind of get into what everyone probably wants to talk about tomorrow. Sure. Then we kind of have a, a future piece of this uh, in Baton Rouge, if you know what I'm getting at. So, tomorrow, uh, I mean, I was, my girlfriend was watching the game with me. Uh, I got back. Thank you, American Air, for allowing me to return to the state of Texas. That was nice of them. I She doesn't it. I was explaining to her, and I texted you kind of something. I was like, tomorrow – Hey, I- girl.
1: Real quick, don't mean to interrupt. See you tomorrow night in Fayetteville too. Like the Cornhuskers got it done.
0: And you know, it's, that's kind of a decent look. Ole Miss or not, when you when you push it to a winner take all game, and it just becomes nine innings, and like you know, you throw out fatigue in the path to get there, and all that. Like it's a different deal. I mean, I hate to do the game seven. Anything can happen, but this is the seventh game of the regional, and anything can happen. You never know. It happens elsewhere, but. The whole tightness, Tennessee Tech 2018 parallel, that's going to be inevitable tomorrow. I mean, it's undoubtedly, man, there's going to be a weird energy in the stadium tomorrow. And it's obviously postseason baseball. People will be hanging on every pitch. I, I don't even know what I want to ask. Well, what do you think the energy in that place is going to be like tomorrow?
1: I um, don't how it starts. Um, I think Ole Miss needs to come out. I th- and this sounds stupid, I'm aware. I think Ole Miss needs really, really badly, really, really badly a scoreless first inning. Ole Miss will be the home team tomorrow night um, or tomorrow afternoon. I think they need a scoreless first inning because everyone does this Swayze's tight. And the fans are nervous, and, and some of it's fair, and some of it's a little overblown. But they're not nervous when it's tied, and they're not nervous when it, they're ahead. Like it's two completely different dynamics in that stadium when it's tied, and when it's a, when Ole Miss is ahead, it's 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 pretty raucous. It's when they're behind that there's a little bit of an energy drop, you think. Um, And really tonight it wasn't even like that. But um, I I think Ole Miss needs to come out tomorrow night and and or tomorrow afternoon. I keep getting that time screwed up. I think they need a first inning where where they don't score. I think they need to put two on Southern Miss head and then leg southern miss so so what's going to happen tomorrow And this is going to annoy the crap out of me is people are going to say southern miss has nothing to lose do you not think southern wants to win this regional like like southern wants to go to arizona just as badly as ole miss does they have everything to lose too um so while we're talking about you know ole miss being tight and ole miss being nervous Southern's gonna be nervous too now so to me, in these types of games, and I know it didn't work out this way against Tennessee Tech, I think you just need to jump ahead. If you can jump ahead and 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 make the other team sweat a little bit, especially if you get a shutdown first inning, I think you, think that pressure revolt you know turns on them. Um and like I said, there there's gonna be this thing where the Southern has nothing to lose. Yeah, they have everything to lose, just like Ole miss, they have their season to lose. Um so you know, I I I think it's obviously going to be a, be a topic, but I think in complete fairness, you have to consider that with Southern too. I mean, I think you consider that with Arkansas or anyone. Like your season's on the line, you're going to play. You know, like it's 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 a different deal for anybody. Um, it's just a little bit extrapolated because of you know what's happened at Ole Miss recently.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. I I think that's that's, that's a good way to put it. The other part of it is too. It's like. It's also not the complete same as twenty eighteen because they got the shit beaten out of them in that first game, and then had like a you know like a, like a was it a the typical forty five minute turnaround I no, it was a little bit more than that like I went to eight, I, well
1: I went eight in between games and sat down at a restaurant and got a haircut, so it was a little bit more
0: time okay obviously, my memory is a little bit slipped on that because i was actually in, i was in Cincinnati, Ohio then. So, so, it's it's weirder, though, in the sense that – well, now it probably – would you say it helps a little – this may be dumb, but do you think it might help a little bit that the game's at noon tomorrow? I just think the longer that you're sitting around trying to think um, of this deal is the more it becomes a thing.
1: I don't think it's a big deal that it's at noon instead of 6. I think it's a big deal that it's Monday instead of Sunday. Does that make sense? Like, I'm glad they didn't have to turn around and play again tonight.
0: Really? Um, so, you think a quicker turnaround would have been worse?
1: I think same day. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of whoever wins game one of a doubleheader usually wins game two. And I don't know what that is. I'm usually not like this about baseball things. Um, I, I just I, – I think if you have a bad day, you just want to go home and go to sleep and try again tomorrow. I don't think you want to have to rebound and go right then. I think you just want to go home, put your head on a pillow, wake up. And I think, I think some Ole Miss coaches and, and people around the program have said that against Tennessee Tech. You know, look, I'm not making excuses. What happened in 2018 shouldn't have happened. And if Ole Miss loses tomorrow, that shouldn't have happened either. And it's 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 ridiculous if it does. Um, but I do think they wish they could have gone home and gone to sleep after they got the crap kicked out of them that first game and then come back on Tuesday and play. So um, we'll see. I, I think it matters, but uh, not sure how much. But, but I, I, I'm glad that they didn't have to play again tonight for sure.
0: Yeah, I never – I didn't think about it that way when I was – I thought that – that thought crossed my mind in about the fifth or sixth inning of the game. And I didn't consider that perspective of the fatigue aspect of playing – like turning around and having to play the biggest game of your season after you just kind of got your ass kicked for three hours as well. And that was kind of a long game that drug out too because of how, uh, how lopsided it was. Another aspect of this too as well is you – know, A lot's been talked about the last three times Ole Miss has been in the postseason is the personality and the mindset of the team. Black Monday kind of speaks for itself, right? I mean, my worst professional day of its life. In 2019, the storyline was they had struggled so badly in the month of May that they just kind of said to hell with it and, you know, loosened up and really kind of like rediscovered themselves in, in Hoover and changed their season and backed their way into hosting and they were doing all the dugout shit and all that. I know they do that every year, but there was a different vibe with that group. And Mike was different that year. It's going to be like, it's part of this conversation as well. And I'll just offer you this. This team has overcome, you know, obstacle after obstacle, whether it's losing your captain in a non-contact injury in a midweek game against whoever the hell that was. And kind of, I mean, they were consoling him in the dugout. They knew immediately that it was likely over. It's kind of crazy to think that now seeing what Tim Elko is doing, they overcome that, then you lose Gunnar Hoagland to the year. They've had some tough losses, and you know two two of them in particular have been at the hands of their head coach, and not really anything uh, they did themselves, other than the couple of you know other than Josh Malitz physically giving up the runs, right outside of the obvious. This team has responded each time it's back against the wall, right? Like they had the they were at the they were kind of pushed to the brink in terms of like their adversity threshold after Texas A and M. And you had Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter staring down the pipe. And what did they do? They bested Jack Leiter – excuse me, they bested Kumar Rocker. And then they found a way to win a slugfest on Sunday and win two out of three. Then they finished the season with the series win at Georgia. And then you have your fourth guy when you're trying to kind of fight in the National Seed conversation be better than Jack Leiter and give themselves a chance. I guess what I'm trying to get at without getting too ranty is every time this team's back against the wall – They've responded by playing some of their best baseball. I could argue we had that debate on the podcast that night. What's the best played game Ole Miss has played this year? And we each included Friday against Vanderbilt in the top two. I just think they played well and responded every time they've been dealt any sort of dosage of adversity. And so I guess if there's – there's been other teams in the past where I'd kind of be like, yeah, I don't know how they're going to react. I think this team will respond well to it. Does that mean they're guaranteed to win the game? No, but I think this team is more equipped to kind of deal with the the elephant in the room than maybe twenty eighteen was.
1: Um, yeah, I think that's completely fair. That's a it's a good way to say it. I mean, when you talk about um you talk about this lineup, right? You talk about this team, you talk about a Doug Nicasey who who, like we said, there's possibility he throws an inning tomorrow. You talk about a Taylor Broadway who pitched in the postseason in 2019. You talk about Kevin Graham and Tim Elka who started games in 2019 in the postseason. Um, you talk about a Justin Bench who played in the postseason in 2019. And you, and you talk about um, a Jacob Gonzalez and then a Peyton Chatney. I will present this. I, here's what I will present um, all the postseason struggles, every, everything that everyone talks about. Ron, how many people on this team have struggled in the postseason. And I'm not talking about, um, you know, slumping. I'm talking about how many people on this team before tonight had issues winning in the postseason. Oh, zero. Tim Elko. He lost in 18. He was
0: there. But he that's was it. there. That's right. He, he, not he
1: didn't Boston. play, but he, he was there. Outside of that, none of these other dudes lost in the postseason. So. Greer Holston? If there's a. Huh? Greer Holston? Well, Austin Miller, I guess Austin Miller, uh, was on the team too, but I, maybe it's just, look, maybe, maybe I'm hopeful. Maybe, uh, I just want Ole Miss to win, but I, I, I hope and I think tomorrow night will be okay. I mean, you're talking about guys in Graham, um, and Nikhazy that their back was against the wall in Fable Arkansas. Um, that day and they won. And look, I know obviously it didn't go the way they wanted to in game three, but their season was on the line that day and uh they won. I just I'm hopeful and 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 maybe that's all it is that this team is not going to worry about that because I do believe, and, and you can disagree if you want, I do believe if Ole Miss and Southern Miss just line up and play a baseball game tomorrow, and there's none of this these other factors of tightness or whatever, I do think Ole Miss will win the baseball game tomorrow. I, I think they're just better and they're more talented than Southern Miss. But if it's three to two or eight to six in the seventh inning, it's certainly something to 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 monitor and, and to be worried about. Um, I, I hope that the stadium tomorrow night is, is raucous and, and makes it a really good home environment. Um but, you know, it's, it's a narrative for a reason. I just – I'm with you. I struggle to think this team who has been so good when their back was against the wall comes out and doesn't play well tomorrow night. And let's, let's be clear on something here. Um, they did not play well against Florida State, and they sure as shit didn't play well against Southern Miss. Um, it's probably time to play well tomorrow night, and I think if they do, they will win.
0: I think you're right as well and it's interesting kind of looking at it too from that perspective of kind of what this team's dealt with there's also the element of like there was no like Oxford hype surrounding that recruiting class that was in their sophomore year right I mean two of their team leaders were not in Oxford and kind of grown up with the scars of this postseason right I mean Doug Nikhazy's from Florida like he he doesn't really get bothered by much either in general, just personality. I was like Jacob Gonzalez from California, TJ McCants, Florida. Like there was a homegrown element to that 2018 team there in terms of like feeling the weight of it. And that just was not, that's not, that's not the case or the makeup of this team at all. And that's not knocking any of the Oxford kids either uh, or, or, or an indictment on them. But when you're kind of more astute to the history, and more aware of it and maybe felt it a little bit as well, I think that plays into it too. But that, that, that's not really the case with any of these guys. No, no.
1: Um, I struggle to believe that Peyton Chatnier is bothered by the moment tomorrow night. I struggle to believe that Jacob Gonzalez will be bothered by the moment tomorrow night. Um, that's your middle Winfield. T.J. McCants is struggling right now. He's five for 31 since the SEC tournament started. I think Nick Suss tweeted that. Um, I don't think tomorrow night is going to face him. I think they're just going to go play, and and hopefully that's good enough to beat Southern Miss. You know, I we'll see. It's a, it's a big game for – and I think, you know, we'd be doing a disservice to not get into it. It's a big game for a lot of people tomorrow night because in reality, you win tomorrow night, you go to Arizona, yeah, I want Ole Miss to go to the College World Series, no doubt about it. Um, But if you win tomorrow night, this I, – I, I think tomorrow night, if you win, I'll be honest here, I think tomorrow night if Ole Miss wins, you can put a lot of this regional postseason stuff to bed. I do. You've won your last two regionals. You've won seven out of ten. Um You know, you had a bad day in 2018. You talk about 2016. That team at the end of the day wasn't very good, and I don't know why in the hell we'd still be talking about a team in 2004 at this point. Um, But if you lose tomorrow night, you've lost six of ten regionals at home. Like, the difference to me in in winning six of ten regionals and seven of ten regionals at home, like, that line of demarcation feels massive to me.
0: I agree. I have one more stat. Uh, for you before we get to – I want to hit quickly Friday and Saturday just because they happened before we get out of here because uh, now with it being the game at noon, this is going to have a shorter shelf life. as this no need to go to our normal extravaganza. Uh, listener Austin Miller, not the pitcher, just so we're clear, not the pitcher, uh, messaged me the stats. I want to make sure he gets his proper credit. He said it was cool to use on the pod. When not Miss has had two chances to advance to in a regional or a super – so, obviously, 2-0 oh in a regional, 1-0 oh in a super. They're 1-5 with the second opportunity. The one win was against Pomerantz against Western Kentucky in 0-9. Lost 0-5 Game 3 Texas Super after losing Game 2. Lost Miami Super Game 3 0-5 after losing Game 2. Beat Western Kentucky, West Virginia Super, lost to the TCU regional in 12, yep. and Tennessee Tech in 18. not saying that means anything, but I just thought that was an interesting statistic under Mike. I Dixon. think
1: it means something if tomorrow night doesn't go well.
0: Sure. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of the result tomorrow night, but it's, uh, it means something for the man in charge in the dugout, uh, absolutely, to this point. I mean, that's really a Mike Bianco stat. Let's just not beat around the bush. Yeah. Well, and the last thing I wanted to get to, kind of parlaying into that, I appreciate Austin looking that up and sharing that with me as well. Just that was an interesting way to look at things, I, not to bum everyone out, but it is part of the conversation. Let's just say they lose tomorrow. Oh God! What does the future look like? Because you know Neil McCready with Rebel Grove, who we're now affiliated with and part of, and happy, and again, still very thrilled to be within the Rebel Grove podcast network and good contributor and all that. Neil reports that uh, Mike Bianco uh, is. That the LSU job is down to two candidates, Um, essentially they think between Kevin O'Sullivan and Mike Bianco, and that basically that LSU is absolutely interested in Mike Bianco, and that is he is a finalist in their mind. What Neil didn't say anything about whether Mike would take the job. We can debate that, speculate about that, or that they've even contacted Mike. They just believe that he is, you know, a finalist for the job in terms of a desirable candidate. And so I, I mentioned that. In this conversation of if it does not go well tomorrow, it's kind of a convoluted deal, right? Because you figure LSU wants Mike Bianco to kind of continue this run and then throw a bunch of money at him from, you know, Omaha and have that and kind of help sell the hire more. Maybe that's not a major factor, just kind of a thought to throw out there. But at the same time, like, he loses the home regional. That would almost – I don't know. What do you think happens if they lose the game tomorrow? I guess I'll just throw it out there that way because that seems like a desirable uh, way to – amicable way to split this thing up. Not saying it will happen again. Not I, I I preface this again. I'm not a reporter. I'm just some ass clown with a podcast and a newsletter now. But what do you think will happen if they lose the game tomorrow night?
1: I would think – so I'm going to do this from an LSU perspective. I would think that LSU has – and I could be wrong here with a lot of things that's gone down at LSU lately – I would think that LSU people have smarter uh, have have enough smart people to not make a decision on who you want to hire to lead your baseball program off the basis of one game. I would I would think that they have people in that administration that aren't smart enough to not do that. Um,
0: it so one game with Mike, though.
1: Yeah it 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 is because all right here here's the thing. It, it is one game to me because if I'm LSU, because I if I have already thought and decided I am going to hire Mike Bianco, and again, like you said, I have no clue what LSU is going to do. I have no clue if Mike would take it. I don't know anything about it. Um, you've already addressed this, right? Like you've already gotten over this, that he has problems in the postseason. You've already told yourself that's okay. It'll be fixed here. I don't think a loss tomorrow night puts that over the top. Like, if you've already made this decision that he is worth hiring and he is worth being your baseball coach, then you have already decided that this is an issue and we're going to have to deal with it here. Um, And I don't think tomorrow night would change that.
0: Fair. That's completely fair. (laughs) Okay, LSU job aside – if you lose another home region in this fashion, I mean, I think he's there in 2022, but at a certain point. Mike's oh, yeah. He,
1: he will get 22. Here's the question. If he loses tomorrow night and he doesn't get the LSU job and he, or he doesn't take the LSU job, um, does he get extended? I think that's a very, very important thing to look at because he was pushed back to four years. I think it's well, very, very say,
0: important to look at. I'd say no, I would too. No, no, I think and, that's a definite no.
1: And I, at that point, if that's me, this is just me speculating. I have no insight. Um, just if you, if I'm Keith Carter and I don't extend him for losing a home regional to me, a man, just, just a fan that tells me if he doesn't win one next year, he's getting fired. That, that, that's what it tells me. I, I could be wrong. But if he does not win one next year, if you don't extend him for losing a home regional this year, then he has to win one next year. Uh, that's the message you send to me, that he has to win a home regional next year. You're going to fire him. That, and maybe I'm wrong, but that is the message that I think gets sent um, to this fan base. Maybe people disagree with me. That's fine. Um, but I don't that's think how anyone will disagree.
0: I, I think most people would kind of go take it a step further and wonder if he's back in 2022. My answer is yes. But Yes, I – I yeah, would be shocked if he's not back in 22. Same here, but there is kind of a – From from the
1: Ole Miss perspective, I, I'm not commenting on, on what LSU could do.
0: No, no, right. This is assuming the LSU job is thrown out. Like, just sure. that, not factoring that into the, the equation currently for this part of the conversation. But there also is a shock value factor to things, right? Like, everyone thought for the most part that Matt Luke would be back in 20 – I guess that was oh, – how, that was 2019. Good God, that seems yeah. like ages ago at this point. And then they lost the Egg Bowl to Mississippi State, uh, in the man- particularly in the manner that which they did. I'm not comparing the two situations or the two sports. I'm <laughs> Call just- us what it
1: is, too. Now emotion Report. factors in.
0: Emotion carries weight in decision. Let's let's, it's not always let's be
1: very clear. This is not um, this is not Tennessee Tech that that is. What what am I trying to say? Uh, they wear Southern Miss on their jersey, and that makes it different. I'm just being real. That makes it different. Um, from, from an emotional aspect, it absolutely – when you talk about what's happened with Mississippi State recently, um, if Southern Miss were to win this game in this stadium and dogpile on that mound tomorrow, um, it's different. It, it just
0: is. Sure. I think there's a difference in emotion sometimes factoring in the decision and making an emotional decision. I think those can be two different things, and it's not always bad. Like, there's an emotional aspect. Because also an emotion – I don't I don't think people will stop showing up to games and, sh- and stuff, per se, if they lose they all, all that tomorrow. But I'm just talking about from an emotion standpoint, Like that, 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 will, they will, that will be a factor in terms of the temperature of the fan base and how people feel about Mike had they lose tomorrow. And that can sometimes alter decision-making. I'm not saying it should, and I'm not saying it's necessarily always a good or bad thing. I'm just saying I think that factor is very real in there. It's just hard to make tangible, and it's hard to kind of quantify if that makes any sense at all.
1: So, I mean, let me tell you where I'm at, and 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 maybe this this is obnoxious and arrogant, and and maybe it's not you know the nicest thing I've ever said, but I, I feel like I'm a a good decent gauge for like the Mike Bianco like thermometer because I I on one hand can really really criticize a lot of things Mike does, um, and also think he's a pretty good baseball coach. If he loses tomorrow night, I'm one that that has brushed off a lot of the postseason stuff and said, "Hey, look, I think just Ole Miss has had some bad luck. It is, you know, it is what it is." If he loses tomorrow night, I, I, I can't, or tomorrow afternoon, I guess, I, I can't be in that camp anymore. I think at that point there's a problem. Um, and and if I'm saying that, considering you know, I, I'm probably one that's a little bit more conservative with with my criticism than Mike. I would think that a large, large majority of Ole Miss fans would just be really, really fed up at that point. Now, look um, on the two it's things the, that – It's
0: the not not to undercut you. Finish your thought, but uh, to add on to that because the way you said that just made me think of something interesting. How the internet, the board I'm employed by now, anywhere else. How they felt the day after or the, the moments after the Mississippi State and A&M games this year, that would be become the permanent feeling against a, amongst a larger group of people. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not saying, and I think it would be, be extremely uh, unfair to say he would lose the fan base if he lost tomorrow night. I don't think that's accurate. Um, he would lose someone like me who has defended him um, through a lot of the postseason stuff it would at that point be, there's an issue. Um, and, and I think that's a tough place to be because I think there are a lot of people who over 21 years um, have supported Mike and said, Hey, look, I think this guy can get us to where we need to be, who I think are at their wits hand, Um and, and they need some return on investment. And I just, I'm not saying like, hey, they're gonna fire him because I, I don't think that regard. I think they could get beat. I mean, look, this isn't insight or anything. I just it doesn't make sense to me um, that they would do it, especially you know after extending him to four years last year. Um, I don't think there's any scenario where he's not back in 22, excluding the LSU thing. Um, but at the same time, I I can understand. So when they – I'll say this. When they lost an 18 to Tennessee Tech, there were a lot of people that said fire him on Tuesday morning. And I I didn't think that was fair. Um, If they lose tomorrow, those same people that say, hey, fire him on Tuesday morning, I think it's a little bit more fair. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great way to articulate that too. And look, last thought I'll have on this because, you know, let's not not write the UOG before it happens. No,
1: I think they win tomorrow. I'll say it now. I think Ole Miss wins the baseball game
0: tomorrow. I uh, I do as well. Uh, but the last thing I'll say on that, because I did find this interesting, I was actually talking, it may have been Chase, we were just talking one day a couple months ago. hindsight 2020, and I'm not blaming anyone involved for this, but what would, <laughs> excuse me, what would make this a more realistic conversation regarding his, if they do lose in his job status for 2022, you know, he didn't extend him after Ole Miss. Keith did not extend him after it was Ole Miss was one game away from Omaha. And oh, in my eyes, and this is just someone this is – I'm not even speaking as a reporter even though I was at the time. It was Keith being the interim guy and kind of trying to do the closest thing he could do to kind of make a quote-unquote power move or just say he's kind of – articulate that he's capable and show that he's capable of making strong sure. and tough decisions. Is that right? And at the moment, he kind of got applauded for it. People were mad about losing rides like – great job and all that. The thing that would make this easier is if he had been rolled back in 19 and was not rolled back strictly due to the pandemic last year to where they don't play the season you just say, hey, we're just going to hold, kind of see how this goes type of thing, and there's only two years left, I guess, instead of three, rolling back to four. That would make this more realistic, would it not? Does that make any sense? Um,
1: Maybe I'm crazy. I understand what you're saying. I would, if I, if I'm Keith Carter, who's running an SEC institution, the rollback in years on the contract to me are, are irrelevant. I either have my guy or I don't like, and, and I understand money and all that, but I, but I saw this, I saw them fire Matt Luke in 24 hours. I feel like, I feel like, and, and I'm being a little hip, hyperbolic there, but it, I'm not really like, it didn't take long. Um, I I just, I don't think it matters. And I'm not, again, I completely expect him to be here in 22 uh, again, excluding the LSU thing. Um, But if I'm Keith Carter, that decision is not made on how many years he has left on his contract or not. Maybe that's crazy. Um, I either think this dude is, is my guy or I don't. And I'll be clear. um, If I am Keith Carter, regardless of what happens tomorrow, I do not move on from Mike Bianco. Um, But, I, like I said, and three years ago after they lost on Monday to Tennessee Tech, I said, uh, that's unfair to say you can fire him. I would have very, very little, uh, defense for those people tomorrow.
0: For sure. Like I said, let's not write the UOG before it happens. I, uh, right. We just, I mean, look, it was good we hashed that out. I just kind of wanted to broach the surface of it because it is a conversation going in tomorrow. Last thing to get out of here, uh, Friday and Saturday did happen. Uh, I thought this yeah. week from Semo actually was it kind of good. I mean, look, he, yeah. did, he did everything he could. Um, Ole Miss was not very good offensively against him. Thank God for Elko's bomb, or Ole Miss had kind of been in a weird place. And that I think Elko kind of masked the the offensive panic for a night, right? Because like outside of him, they weren't great offensively. And then they, of course they weren't great offensively on Saturday against Florida State. Uh, just quick thought on Friday. I thought of I thought. <laughs> It was well pitched. I thought Diamond did exactly what they needed from him and it was one big swing that won Ole Miss the game, basically.
1: Sure. Um yeah. I mean, you you would have taken exactly what happened on Friday and Saturday if you were Ole Miss and you were offered it um on Thursday. You would sure. Um,
0: you were talking about good decisions for Mike. Uh, in hindsight, particularly with the way they performed offensively, uh having Doug do what he did on Saturday instead of doing it on Friday was huge.
1: Oh mess is at home if they throw Doug on Friday night. Like this season is over if they throw Doug on Friday night. Ooh, that's spicy. I, I firmly believe that. I mean, look, man, they did you look, Derrick Diamond threw four point one innings against Simo now. Like, like, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think yesterday would have gone well against Florida State, and then you saw McDaniel today. You saw McDaniel against what this Southern Miss team would have been if, you, if Diamond would have lost to Florida State.
0: Yeah, no, you're so. right. I'm not saying it's wrong. And it's, I, the, the, the McDaniel thing is definitely true. I think they quick-hooked Diamond. I think Mike was like, I'm not screwing around with this, particularly this kid on the other side. Like, Diamond, there was a path where Diamond ends up at, like, five and a third and even longer, and the, 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 the length looks better than the outing because I thought he was pretty good.
1: I thought he was fine. Um, okay. I just, so my thing with Diamond is Florida State hits the ball out of the ballpark. And uh, guess what? Diamond gives up.
0: No, you're, no, that's fair. I'm not, I, I'm not arguing against what you're talking about that Diamond would have fared better against Florida State. I was just making the point that his stat line could have looked way better against, you sure. than it did. Sure. I, think um, big hook. But, but, I don't disagree with that at all. I think you're dead you're, off with of
1: that. Your initial point was, uh, you know, giving Mike credit for for doing that, and that's exactly right. I, I kind of got it off topic by saying their season would be over, but I, I do believe that. Um, but you know, um, that's so. We're talking about those first two games, and 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 there's so much narrative and and whatnot going on tomorrow. Um, that tomorrow is the reward for winning the first two games, right? Like, yes, Olness needs to win tomorrow, but. You gave yourself this opportunity. You gave yourself some margin for error. You gave yourself the opportunity for Drew McDaniel to have a bad start because you won games one and two. Um, and and credit to Mike for doing everything possible to put his team um, in the best situation to win two games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then last thing, Saturday was pretty awesome from Doug's perspective. I yeah. stunk at the plate. That kid for Florida State, Hubbard, <coughs> seeing the kid after him was not very good. And Ole Miss really, really handed that game to them or was trying to – credit to Doug for kind of buckling down. It was the classic Doug 2021 game in terms of – there's been a lot of games where he hasn't quote-unquote had it. And when you look up in the seventh inning and that kid is still out there pitching, you know I thought he was – it looked kind of flat to me. Looks like he definitely did not have it. And then he just kind of, after the, home, the two home runs, just found another gear. Sure it always does time and time again. And, man, Ole Miss needed it. Um, and it was a cool moment. And, look, yes, Florida State handed them that game. But with all the crappy – I tweeted this out Saturday night uh, from the Lyric. <laughs> but I just said in a year of crappy breaks, them getting a break on the, the guy rushing a chopper uh, and it ends up being overthrown when the guy running to first base has one healthy ACL is almost too perfect. But in a year of crappy breaks, Ole Miss was doing a good break.
1: Sure. Um, absolutely. So uh absolutely do one and and you know, they got it and that allows them to have this opportunity tomorrow. That um, you know, it's uh it's look, I, I think that uh I think that that you're right. They they did deserve a break. And I think it's important to realize that that the past two games, they've they've not, if you look at it from a totality standpoint, they've not played well. Um and what your hope is that is that they put that together tomorrow. Um, because when you talk about Florida State, I mean, they win the game because, you know, um, Martin, I think it was – or maybe I, – I can't remember the kid's name. He throws it in the – or over the, the head of the first baseman when Elko's running, he rushed to throw when he didn't have to and almost won a game. And and sometimes, like you said, you deserve breaks because this team needs them. Um,
0: Chase so, made the point, too, that you, your true self comes out in the postseason and Florida State was dumpy defensively, and they sucked yeah. there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Exactly right. And, and that's what got them beat um, against Southern Miss today. So um, I will say this. I will say this. I, I said that, you know, I wish Ole Miss was playing, um, you know, Florida State if I'd have known that, you know, Southern's guys that had bad numbers had good stuff. There is an element of I think I'd rather play the CUSA team and their de- de- depleted pitching staff versus the ACC team. And maybe that backfires on me and I know that the Tennessee Tech thing happened. Uh, Um, but I I just kind of think that if, if I had to play someone's depleted pitching staff, I think I'd take USM, uh, tomorrow. Um, but we'll see. Uh, not going to be, uh, not going to be a lot of sleep for, uh, for maybe Ole Miss fans and, and certainly that coaching staff.
0: I was about to say, they're... Will there be some sleep for you? How are you watching this game tomorrow? Mine will now be on a laptop screen at a work cubicle, so that's nice. Assuming this thing gets played on time, I have my doubts about that. I would actually bet this thing, looking at the weather for auction right now, and I'm not a meteorologist, isn't there a better chance that this game, the bulk of it is played late rather than early?
1: Yeah. If I'm Ole Miss, if I'm – you know my honest opinion? If, I'm, if I was Ole Miss and uh, – this thing could be played on tuesday night i said no we're keeping it at six because uh if i can get one more day i can give 26 the ball and i can win um but i, I say that i mean you cannot everybody can do what drew pomeran did, but i think he could be he can give you a lot more on tuesday um i do think you're right i think this presents them the opportunity to play throughout the day this game may take nine hours um when you look at the weather and whatever it may take nine hours but um We'll see. I, I, it's interesting to see how they manage it from that perspective because you can't, you can't really extend anybody if you're dealing with w- multiple weather delays. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, uh, I'm interested. Um, I'm interested to see who starts. I'm interested in, uh, you know, how Ole Miss comes out of the gate. I think, I think tomorrow's first inning is big. I think full can throw up a zero. I think they can, uh, I think they can get, you know, get some momentum going and I'm not one to believe in momentum and maybe I'm, maybe I should use the word confidence. Um, but I think if this team will just go play and, and I'll make us both give our picks tomorrow and make it maybe give a score. Um, but I think if this team will just go play, I think they'll win tomorrow. I do. Um, so, I think that's the narrative. I think, hey, if they go win tomorrow, like there's nothing to talk about. Um, And if they, I think if they lose tomorrow, I think that uh, this, this, this postseason thing just, it's just another leg in the fire.
0: For sure. Appreciate the time as always. Uh, No, no, you're not getting out of here. Give give me a, give me a score tomorrow. Oh, ah. Ole Miss wins nine five. Dad gum. That is literally what I was going to say. Because we spend too many hours podcasting together, is
1: the I'll go. I'll go eight four for the Wolves. But yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think it's a game that maybe Ole Miss gets a pretty decent lead, and they have to hold them off, and then Broadway
0: gets it done. If it ends nine to five, I'll give you credit for it, even though you volunteered to change your score <laughs> prediction. But uh, at that point, I don't think either one of us will care a whole lot. Yeah, one.
1: let me tell you, Ole Miss wins nine five eight four eighteen twelve. You, I don't care. <laughs>
0: We uh, appreciate everyone listening. I, I It feels kind of silly now, but hopefully I, hopefully, if you're up late tonight and you're not sleeping, uh, this will provide uh, <laughs> your time. I, When we started this recording, thought the game was at 6, and you kind of had a full workday to, uh, I don't know, listen to us, two idiots, and maybe uh, ease the nerves. Maybe we increased your nerves. But now that it's at noon, uh, quite the short shelf life. But whatever, so, uh,
1: we're going to post it. So, and you know, two good things tonight. The, uh, the Arkansas baseball team lost and the USA beat Mexico in soccer. So it's not all bad, I guess.
0: Congrats to USA. USA Soccer's coming, that next generation. You're going to make
1: the World Cup this time, baby.
0: Yeah, I think I hit every cliche in five minutes. Appreciate the time, dude. I'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll just see how it goes uh, uh, as we – afterward. And what, that was stupid. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I don't know what the tone or state will be. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and you don't know my physical state either.
0: Uh, yeah, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> So sounds
1: uh, so right, so good, my you man. More,
0: dude. Appreciate the time as always. All all right, right, so cool. Safe and happy next twelve hours, I guess, before we talk again. Appreciate it, dude.